and we'll see how long I stay in this business. Thank God saner heads have prevailed in the South. Since her husband is not here, I am the object of her scorn. I do not hear it in clear words, but I feel it in her moaning. She curses me as if she knows. It is not possible that she should know, but somehow, at a level deeper than mere reasoning, she knows. I am a scientist, not prone to such intuition. Still, I will not look into her eyes. How much Demerol has she had? I can't stand to see her like this. A nurse, a veteran named Molly, wrinkles her nose at me. A hundred milligrams? It doesn't seem to have touched her. Give her another twenty-five, I say, heading for the swinging door. I'll be right outside. Molly knows I need to smoke. I always do when I'm nervous. I see her shaking her head in disapproval before I turn away. I let the door swing shut, leaving the commotion behind. In another minute, I'm standing in a small doctor's quarters inhaling a cigarette in long, deep breaths. I pace the little room, wondering what would happen if anyone knew the truth about me, the truth about my patient. In the silence, with the smoke curling toward the ceiling, I think about breaches in professional ethics, standing before a state review board and losing my license. My career could be over if anyone knew, and I vow that no one ever will. The door pops open, and Ben Jasper, a general surgeon, heaves a sigh. Hey, Jim, you're here late. I nod. Labor knows no respect for time. What's up? I've got an appy to do. An appy, not a real person with a real problem, not even a patient with appendicitis or an appendectomy to perform, but an appy. Dr. Jasper, like most surgeons, abbreviates everything. I find myself wondering if he asks his wife for sup or if he calls his car a caddy. One of my patients, I ask, feigning interest. He laughed. Everyone in Stony Creek goes to you. He held up a note card. His name is Billy Burgess. I've treated Billy for ear infections a few times. His mother works in the McCall Shoe Factory with everyone else and had a huge melanoma removed from her back three years ago. I'm amazed she's still alive. I push my cigarette into an ashtray overflowing from the doctor's tobacco addictions, an irony that doesn't escape me. I reach for the doorknob and notice my hands are trembling. I've got to get back to L&D. Once there, I slip on a pair of sterile exam gloves. I address my patient in a professional tone that feels forced and inappropriate. I need to check your progress. The nurse coaxes the patient into position. Come on, honey. Doc needs to see. Molly refers to me informally. It's a rural thing, a small example of a more relaxed way of providing medical care. I wouldn't want it any other way. Homey, personal, part of a one-stop country practice. But nothing seems homey about this. The delivery carries a big city foreboding. I'm out of my element here. This one seems dark in a way that I can't articulate. Molly sprays an iodine wash onto the patient's perineum, and I insert my glove. The cervix is wide open, completely effaced. I report the findings to Molly. Okay, I add to the patient, let's have this baby. The patient's voice is urgent. No, no! I'm already putting on a sterile gown and a new pair of gloves. Let's get her in the stirrups. I need something. It hurts, she gasps. Jimmy! 
I wince as the patient yells my name. I'm sure the nurses will think this is odd, but I glance at Molly's face, and it doesn't seem to have fazed her. Labor makes women crazy. They say crazy things. Hopefully Molly will think this, even if I don't. Get me the pudendal tray. A second nurse, a young one who loves to flirt with me, is washing the patient again, this time applying the iodine paint in broad strokes to the thighs, perineum, and buttocks. Molly opens the pudendal tray and places it on the sterile field before gowning and gloving herself. She always stands to my left. I never have to tell her what I need. She always hands me what I want before I ask. Sometimes I suspect that she is in control and I am assisting her. She directs me in her silence, allowing me to be the leader. I let her, because although I've been here hundreds of times, Molly's been here thousands.